Hi there, I'm May Ann, a content consultant at Viago. Thanks for tuning in to the Viago podcast, providing business managers with tips and tricks on how to be more productive. In our previous episode, we talked with Sam Harith about how he uses content to scale his coaching and accounting business. And we're so honored to have him back for this episode. Welcome back, Sam. Hey, great to be back, May Ann. You guys at Viago are awesome. I love working with you guys. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> now, you've actually created content on your blog, samharith.com, for business owners on what they should do to prep themselves for the looming recession. Mm. And while this was written quite some time ago, it's still a hot topic now. And let's try and revisit some of your recession prep tips, okay? You wrote in April that you think the global recession will likely hit this October. Mm-hmm. That's next month. <laughs> mm-hmm. do, do you still stand by this uh, guesstimate? And if so, what's the number one thing business owners should do right now to safeguard themselves from people not no longer spending freely due to a drop in income? Okay, well, it really depends on which geographical location you're looking, you're talking about. But if you're looking at the world as a whole and to answer that, your question, will most countries around the world be experiencing a recession of some form? The answer is yes, absolutely. I still stand by that statement simply because now that the numbers have actually come out, because I wrote this in April, which was in the first quarter of the year, mm. and now that the numbers have come out for the first quarter of the year, the United States has had a GDP, yep, GDP has fallen in the United States already. Mm. And the in Latin America alone, there's been GDP contraction in pretty much all countries in Latin America. Venezuela has gone down by 26%. Peru has gone down by 30, 13%. Brazil gone, by, gone down by 10.5%. And even here in New Zealand, in good little New Zealand where we are, our GDP is also contracted by 1.2% mm. uh, at the end of the first quarter. Whether or not... So a recession is characterized by two consecutive periods of negative GDP. Mm-hmm. Negative GDP implies that the economy is shrinking, right? Mm. So we won't know for sure if we're officially in a recession until the next quarter results come out. Yep. Because the second quarter has just, sorry, the second quarter has just only ended. And so the numbers are not out just yet, but I expect that when the numbers come out, we will see the figures. Yep. And if we have yet another contraction, then yeah, we are in a recession. Mm. But does this necessarily mean that people stop spending? Not necessarily, because a recession is, it's a technical term. It's a technical term to say that the economy is shrinking. But it doesn't always necessarily mean that businesses will feel the impact of it immediately. Now, as is always the case, some sectors may feel it a bit more than others. Some sectors may not feel it as much as others. For example, if you are in healthcare, you're not going to feel the effects of a recession because people are still going to get sick. Mm. However, if you are in retail or entertainment or travel, Mm. you will definitely feel the effects. And I'm sure travel businesses have already felt the effects Mm. of the oncoming recession. Mm. So to answer your second question about sort of tips i'm sorry that that's my cat this can you hear yeah 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 all right so to answer your second question about 
what businesses can do to prepare themselves for the oncoming recession, it's a little bit hard to give general advice in that area, seeing as how different sectors need to have different game plans Mm. to, to tackle the recession. So let's say, for example, if you're in tourism, I have clients in tourism who have basically pretty much put their business into hibernation mode. Yeah. Because what else can you do? What else can you do? You don't have money coming in. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be spending money, paying your team members, paying your rent, paying your overheads, etc., etc., when you don't have money coming in. Mm-hmm. So for those who for those who can afford to hibernate their business, they do. But there are also some businesses who may have business loans to pay, yeah. who have already entered into contracts, which you know require them to service those contracts. And they may not have that flexibility to put their businesses businesses into hibernate mode. And I guess for those businesses, I would I would recommend that you talk with your creditors, that you see if you can come to some sort of arrangement in terms of deferring your payment or restructuring whatever loans that you have, so that you're not caught in a bad spot, mm. so to speak. Yep. Yeah. You also mentioned that companies should be thick-skinned enough to ask for help. From your experience, how's that working out for you or your clients? Yeah, I think that's a really, really good tip for business owners, simply because I think that as business owners, we we loathe being called lazy bums. We, we loathe being called leeches of the society, you know? Mm. And... There is this general, perhaps wrong perception amongst many business owners that being on the benefit is a bad thing. Now, personally, I think that sometimes certain circumstances in life may put you in a bad position. And, it, and in that, for that particular reason, it's good to have social welfare. It's good to have a safety net to fall back on. And I think it's really, really wrong to look down on people who are on, who are on the benefit. But because there are quite a lot of small business owners who share the sentiment, they, they often don't acknowledge the need for them to access help, to get help when it's readily available, simply because they don't want to lump themselves within that category. And I think that's a very, very myopic view. Mm. So there is a lot of help that's been put out by the New Zealand government to assist small businesses. The wage subsidy has been extended up to three times, sorry, up to, yeah, up to two times already. And there's also the small business cash flow loan, which has been extended until the end of this year, where you can get a loan of a minimum of $10,000, sorry, well, $11,800 if you include yourself as a full-time employee. And honestly, if, as a business owner, if you, can find a use for that loan. Go out and get that loan. It is it is an amazing loan. You only pay three percent per annum. It's non-compounding. Like you're not gonna get a deal like that from any bank or any financial institution mm. out there. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. And again, again, you know, don't don't politicize things. I mean, I get it. New Zealand's approaching an, an election soon, but. The, the current government has put out some really, really good support for small business owners out there. And so, yeah, forget mm. about your political allegiances <laughs> and just go out there and access that help, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you know of any other non-financial help that business owners can tap into uh, that 
would be beneficial for them? Yep, I think in this time, there's, there might also be a lot of, how to say, mental anguish. Mm. People might be going through a tough time mentally. Mm. And I think mental health is very, very important. I think for a lot of business owners, dealing with the stress of having bills to pay but not enough income coming in can be very debilitating. Very and true. So, yep, I, I would highly recommend if you are having suicidal thoughts to call a suicide hotline. If you are feeling, if you're experiencing depression or anxiety, do reach out to a counsellor or a, a public support organisation. Personally, for myself, I have used the services of Diversity Counselling New Zealand, that's DCNZ, and I think it's probably a good idea to put the links to DCNZ as well in the comments. I really, really like working with them because they are, they can relate to the struggles of being a migrant in this country, and mm. I'm a migrant in this country, I'm originally from Malaysia, mm. and so talking with them really helps me work through my issues, and they have a flexible pricing arrangement, meaning that if you can't afford to pay them the full amount, you can pay them a lower amount because they are a non-profit. Mm -hmm. And I, I really strongly, strongly recommend them if you find, if you're a, yeah, if you want to yeah. speak with someone who understands your background a little bit better. Mm -hmm. So definitely ask for help. Mm -hmm. I think we're all in this together. We're all going to help each other. And ultimately, no one individual is an island. And you can't yeah. expect you can't expect to get through this on the back of your own hard work alone. You need to mm. ask for help. Mm. Yeah, that's really good advice, and um, definitely well-being is is another factor to um, planning for a, a, a good um, yeah a good future for us. Um, you're also very vocal about not laying off employees even during a recession. Um, mm. The fact is that many businesses have already been downsizing mm. during this COVID crisis. Um, you being someone who also have experienced that, um, being let go yourself um, uh, about a year ago. Uh, earlier not even this a year, year ago, it's about six months ago. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, yeah exactly, but, exactly six months ago, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, but you know, s some of them some of the businesses are finding it uh, hard to work without uh, a full team, so they find themselves overloaded now. Um, how would you convince employers to keep their staff even when they seemingly can't afford it? And what about those who have already laid off some staff? What can they do to make things better for them again? At the very beginning, I would say that the first thing that you want to do as an employer is that you want to make sure that you're crystal clear in your communication with your team members. Now, one of the mantras that I live by is that your team is your business. And I think it is true for any business in any industry. When you hire a team member as an employer, you, you do so with the intention that you are going to grow the business together with that team member. And you're going to create enough wealth that you have enough to support your team member as well. Mm. Staff members usually get laid off first simply because staffing, salary and wages often forms the largest bulk of expense for any company in any industry. Hence why as soon when, when sales starts to fall, the first thing that gets the cut is 
your wages. Mm. And that is a, a perfectly understandable reaction for a lot of small businesses out there. However, often what I find is lacking is that small businesses don't make enough of an effort to communicate to their staff members how the business is doing. A lot of small business owners tend to be very insular and they tend to be very guarded about the financial state of their business. But I believe that as a business owner, you owe your staff members the transparency and you owe it to them to communicate clearly how the business is doing. If you're not making as much sales as you were last year, if you're not pulling in as much profit as you were before, you owe it to your staff members to tell them, hey team, look, we're not doing so well. We're not doing as well as we were last year. Mm. And we are looking at ways that we can keep the business afloat. And then you want to engage in a discussion with your team members. How can we still continue managing the business without, obviously, without having to lay people off? Mm. And then that's where you start the conversation going. That's where you start the conversation rolling. Now, I don't want to be overly optimistic. There are going to be some times where you might realize that despite your best efforts, you may even have to let team members go. And that can happen. And for some businesses that has already happened. Mm. But if you have already had that communication with your team members, if you already have been upfront and honest with them about the state of the business, it is a much easier conversation to have to let them go than it is to suddenly come pop out out of the blue and say like, hey, uh, by the way, we need to lay you off. Mm. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it should be a team uh, discussion. and a, It and should a, be a team discussion. Yep. And I, th I find that a lot of small business owners, they, I've worked for quite a few companies where they, they, you know, they talk up a big game about, oh, we're a family, oh, we're a team, but they, they never share the financial statements mm. of the business with, with the staff members. They, the, the, the owners always like to keep it closely guarded, like a closely guarded secret, mm. you know, how much money they're making. I'm not sure why, maybe they're worried that their staff might ask for more money, or maybe they, they're worried that their staff might tell them, hey, maybe if you took a hit to your profit margins, you could continue employing us. Maybe that's what they're afraid of. Mm. But I think by the end of the day, if you are honest and upfront with your staff members about how the business is doing, having conversations about laying off any staff members is a lot easier to have. Mm -hmm. And it's also one that you may not even need to have because you might be able to work through different working arrangements, reduced hours, reduced yep. pay, yep. and other things that allow you to still maintain your team members on board, but at the same time, keep your costs down as your business gets through this really, really tough patch. Yeah, and also possibly um, not having to find themselves being overloaded in the future because they let most of their team go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And do you agree that more eyes on the financial statements or more more um, hits around understanding uh, the financial statements is is a good way to find solutions or does that create a bit of drama? Now, your average employee won't necessarily know how to interpret a financial statement. Mm. 
unless of course you're working in an accounting firm and then everyone's got an idea <laughs> <laughs> as has been the case with me which is probably why maybe the bosses didn't want to share their financial <laughs> statements with the staff members but let's say if you're working in a non-accounting business the the likelihood is that your staff members aren't going to be able to to pick apart every single aspect of your financial statements so therefore it as the business owner you just really want to share you know what your sales were what your expenses are like and what your profit is looking like or going to look like based on your forecasts mm. and then really that's what you want to tell to your employees and then you can also tell them what your concerns are with the business you can mm. say that yeah we were concerned that we might not be able to make as much money we're concerned that if we keep doing this we can only support the business by taking on more loans and we're not we're not really ready to do that and you just really want to be as upfront and as clear as possible about the financial situation of, of the business. Yeah. And part of that also means being financially literate and financially confident as a business owner yourself. Mm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Or, but, yeah, or, yeah. or just bringing your accountant to, you know, have a <laughs> chat with, with, uh, with your team members as well. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. definitely. Okay, but if an owner decides to throw in the towel after trying their best to save their business, um, what advice would you give them? There's nothing wrong with giving up. I think people, I think society does have this hang up with not failing. They look at failure as a negative thing. They look at failure as, oh yeah, that's it, you know, um, you tried and you failed, haha. But I think that's the wrong way to look at it. Failure is just part of growing. And if things come to such a point where your money is just sucking money away from you, sorry, not your money, your business is sucking money away from you mm. and it's no longer profitable to run your business or it's not generating the, the sort of return that you, you require from it, then pulling the plug on the business is not a bad idea. You can stop what you're doing, cut your losses, sell off all your assets, reclaw whatever, whatever you can back and just... Take a break, take a break, wait for the business situation, the economic situation to get better, find different opportunities and reinvent yourself. Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with throwing in a towel. Mm -hmm. And I think I've mentioned it in my blog before as well. There is also nothing wrong with looking for full-time employment if your business venture doesn't pan out because mm -hmm. at least you still have got money put on the table. Mm -hmm. Yeah, basically diversify yourself as well, mm -hmm. um, not just a business if, if that comes to no fruition. Yep. Mm -hmm. Cool. Uh, that concludes this episode. Thanks, Sam, again for joining us again. Hey, uh, that's all right. <laughs> Happy to be here. For those listening in, I hope this has given you an idea about how to move forward with your business and also how to communicate with your staff member. I think that's really important, especially mm -hmm. during a recession. If you have a comment, feedback or a question, do leave us a voice message on anchor.fm slash viago-international or email us at content at viago.co.nz. Do check out Sam's blog as well if you ever need financial or accounting advice, as well as we will link um, all the this, uh, we, we will include links in the description box for all that we discussed about as well. Uh, till the next episode, goodbye. <laughs>